Good evening, everybody. Let's move up closer. There's, there's so many spaces. We all love each other. No first-time visitors, so we all know each other. So let's just get close to each other and be more intimate. <laughs> right. Um, so I just I want to start off tonight um, with just if you will just turn to a neighbor or two, and I just want you to share with your neighbor something good that the Lord did this week whether it's something small or something big. But let's just reflect on how good God has been in our lives this past week. I want to hear, so I'm going to come over here. <laughs> All right. I'll give you a couple more seconds to wrap it up. All right. Um, I'm going to just open us up in prayer. God, we just thank you so much, Lord, for your presence, God. God, we thank you for the gift of your presence, Lord. And tonight, we just want to continue to soak in your presence, God. And God, as I just um, share the word, Lord, that you have spoken to me, Holy Spirit, would you allow it to just resonate in the hearts of your daughters today, God. God, that they would receive this word as if it came directly from your mouth, Lord God. So, Lord, we pray for your blessing in the service tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, I want to speak about favor. You know, when we think about favor, a couple different definitions may come to mind. We might think of party favors, like when you go to a wedding, you get party favors, right? Or you may think of someone being someone's favorite, like a teacher's pet. I'm sure we got to experience that when we were going to school, whether it was a classmate who was the teacher's pet, or maybe you were the teacher's pet. Another favorite may be like your favorite color or someone um, just asking you for a favor. Like, oh, will you wash your car for me? Will you go buy a cup of coffee for me? 
You know, so when we think of favor, we may think of all these different types of definitions. But today, I want to talk about what the Bible says favor is. And so in the Bible, there's not like a clear cut, like, okay, the definition of favor is this. But as I was just preparing for this sermon, what I really um, felt God say was that favor is a gift. Just as he gives us his grace, favor works in the same way. His favor is his grace over our lives. And his favor is freely given to us because we're children of God, because we're his daughters we walk in his favor. So if you'll turn with me to Psalm chapter 30, verses 5 through 7, it says, For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. O Lord, when you favored me, you made my mountain stand firm. So verse, verse 5, it says, his favor lasts a lifetime. And, and tonight, I just want that to be the meditation of our hearts, that God's favor lasts a lifetime. It's with us always. It never leaves us. His favor continually surrounds us. And so going back to, um, you know, having a favorite color that I use as an example, you know, when we have a favorite color, mine is pink, Um, You know, we like that certain color more than all the other colors, right? Not that we completely dislike any other color, but we just prefer that color above all the other colors. And favor kind of works in that same way. Like, we are all God's favorite. And when we're his favorite, he places us in a position that is higher, it's a place that's higher than anything else because when you favor something, you put it in that higher place. And, you know, throughout the Bible, we see so many examples of people who were favored by God. One example is Mary, the mother of Jesus. She found such favor with God that she was able to bear the Messiah You know, and she was the one who was Jesus' mother. She was given that honor because God so favored her. Another example is is Noah. Noah was so highly favored by God that he was was spared from the flood and his whole family was spared from the flood. So not only did his favor, um, not only was the favor surrounding him, but it extended even to his family. And another example of favor is Esther. You know, we all know the story of Esther, how she became queen. And she was this, she was this orphan. And, you know, nobody knew who she was, but she became queen because she found favor in the king's sight. And as she found favor in the king's sight, you know, we, we learn later that that favor led her to be able to save her people. Because she found such great favor in the king's eyes, it ex- that favor extended onto like her whole her whole people, and she was able to bring deliverance to them. Um, but tonight, I really want to focus on Joseph. You know, Joseph is such a great example of what it means to have favor both in God's eyes 
and in the eyes of men. You see, Joseph, he began as, you know, the favorite son of his father's. And all his brothers were so jealous of him. And we all know the story. He had the dream of his brothers all bowing down to him. And they were so jealous that Joseph never had to do any work while all the rest of the brothers were working so hard. And Joseph just got to sit with his father and just be that favored son. But then we learned later that his brothers sell him into slavery. And so he goes from this place of being a favored son into being a slave. But if you'll turn with me to Genesis chapter 39, starting at verse 2, we'll learn that here Joseph never left that place of favor. That place of favor still remained upon him, even though he wasn't in that place of being a favorite son anymore. Even though he was sold into slavery, he still walked in a place of favor. It says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So he left in Joseph's care everything he had. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. And so we see that, you know, it says here, the Lord was with Joseph and he prospered. And so we see that example of the favor that continually surrounded Joseph's life. And so even though he was a slave, he became a slave that walked in favor, that everything he did, it prospered. And Potiphar saw that. Potiphar was able to recognize the favor on Joseph's life. And because of that, Joseph found favor in Potiphar's eyes and was entrusted with so much. But then we learn later on um, in verse 19 that um, we learn that, you know, the thing that happened with Potiphar's wife, how Potiphar's wife tried to seduce Joseph. And so Joseph now gets thrown in jail. And so once again, he's taken from this place of favor to a place where it seems like there's a lack of favor. And so verse 19 says, When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. And so it seems like, you know, the situation turned around in, in a bad way for him, that he was thrown in jail, and even though he did nothing wrong. And so it looks like God removed favor over Joseph's life. But then we see that 
even in that place that seemed like there was no favor on his life, he still found favor. He still found favor in that jail cell. He still um, found favor with God and favor with men that they still exalted him to a place of favor, even in a jail cell. You know, how many of us can probably say, like, would we really step up to, you know, a place where we can still find, like, something good and beneficial if we were stuck in jail. Like, I know if I was stuck in jail, I think I would probably panic and freak out and think, oh, my goodness, how am I going to get out of here? What am I going to do? And I would, I would be so tempted to buy into the lie that I was no longer walking in favor. I would be so tempted to buy into the lie that God had abandoned me and just left me there in the jail cell. You know, but once again, we see that Joseph, he never walked away from that place of favor. And he just continued to allow himself to be clothed in that favor. And um, I just want to share a quick story with you all about favor in my own life. You know, um, a couple weeks ago, Pastor Chin Wei shared about um, us having names. And one of the names that I believe God has given me is favor. Um, just continually throughout my life, I've just seen God come through in so many miraculous ways in, in places and situations where, you know, it just doesn't even make sense for God to come through. But by his grace, he still shows favor. And an example of that is um, earlier this year in February, um, I decided to go get a part-time job. So um, if if you all don't know, I am the overseas missions director here. So I'm here on staff Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then I work at California Pizza Kitchen while I'm not here. So I was job hunting, and I filled out a bunch of applications, and I had to put down very limited availability um, because I was here at the church Tuesdays and Thursdays all day, and then Wednesday night, worship practice and leadership infusion and then Friday night missions meetings and then um, Sunday morning for church and so you see very limited availability right but I really felt released to go get a part-time job and so I just prayed and asked God to just give me direction and you know open up doors for for the right job for me and on top of that limited availability, too, was at the time I was planning on taking five mission trips. And these mission trips were a length of around two to three weeks. Okay, so the limited availability plus all the mission trips, and I was looking for a job. So I applied um, to a couple places, and California Pizza Kitchen called me back, and they said, we want to hire you. So I, I went and filled out, you know, all the paperwork, all the different forms and things, and um, they gave me the company handbook, and I just read through the policy, so I quickly went to the, you know, request time off section, because I was thinking, what am I going to do? Here I am, they're hiring me, but I have a missions, like I have a bunch of mission trips that I have to take. So um, I... I wasn't sure, like, okay, should I tell my manager now or should I wait till later? But I really felt prompted to just let him know right off the bat. So I told him, I said, okay, so, you know, I'm really thankful that you hired me, but I just have to let you know that um, I have a prior commitment. Um, 
I'm going on these five mission trips and that are scattered out throughout the summer and the fall. And I just want to know if it's going to be a problem. And so in the, in the company policy handbook, it says that if you miss work for a whole pay period, which is like two weeks, um, you automatically get terminated. Like it says those words, you automatically get terminated. Okay, and so I knew that the first missions trip that was coming up was going to be three weeks long. So way over the pay period, obviously. And so I just told the manager and I said, okay, so, you know, I just want to let you know because if you decide that you want to stop this hiring process right now, I would just rather tell you up front than for you to hire me and then have to train me and then end up letting me go a little later. And so he said, you know, we want to hire you. We want you to work for us, and we'll talk about those trips when they come up. And so I tried not to think about it, right? Story doesn't end there. I tried not to think about it, but... Um, Finally, it was time for the first missions trip to come up to Thailand and Myanmar, and I had to go and tell my manager that the missions trip was coming up and I was going to be gone for three weeks. And so I'd been working there for about, like, you know, two months at that point. And so I went up to him and said, oh, you know, I, I need to meet with you later because one of those trips is coming up, and so I just want to know um, how, you, how we want to do this. And so... Um, he didn't even need a meeting with me. He just said, oh, just go on our online scheduling system and just put in your request, and it's not going to be a problem. And then I put in the request, and then a few days later, I saw him again, and he approved it. And not only that, but he said, oh, for all your other trips, go ahead and just put those requests into, and we'll approve those right away. And so they, where they're supposed to automatically terminate me, they're letting me go on all these mission trips. And it is such an example of God's favor over my life. Because really, that doesn't make sense. Like, if it were me, I'd probably fire the person, you know. Like, because it says in the policy that you're not supposed to, that you're not supposed to, you know, get that time off. But, you know, God just really came through. Like, it's, you know, and in my honoring God with my you know, sticking to the commitment that I had made to God and sticking with, you know, being faithful to the commitments that I've made um, in serving my time here at the church, too. Like, God really honored that. And so all that to say, like, we all walk in the supernatural favor of God. Like, you know, my story is just one example of how God just has his hand upon our lives and how we continually walk in his favor. And I'm sure if you all just think back to a time in your life where God really came through, you can say, wow, thank you, God. Your favor was all over me. Even when I didn't deserve it, even when I didn't expect it, your favor was all over me. And so that's why I wanted um, you all to just share in the beginning, you know, with one another, something good that God did. Because even just this week, we can just see a small glimpse of the favor of God in our lives. And, you know, when we think of um, favor in the world, favor in the world is oftentimes measured by achievement. It's oftentimes measured by the works that we do. You know, like if someone's trying to um, gain favor with their bosses. They have to, like, you know, achieve a certain um, status, achieve a certain level, and do 
a list of things in order to, you know, get to that place of favor. But in the kingdom of God, that doesn't apply. In the kingdom of God, we don't have to work for our favor because Jesus already bought that for us. Jesus paid that price of us receiving favor on the cross. You see, when Jesus died, we automatically stepped in to a place of favor with the Father. Because Jesus is the ultimate favored one of the Father. And because Jesus' blood covers us, we're covered in God's favor. And so in everything we do, we walk in his favor. And with that place of favor comes you know, a place of authority and a place of influence. You see, when we, when we know who we are and who we belong to and that the favor of God covers our lives, then we can't help but to walk in authority and to walk in influence. And, you know, we see that so clearly in Joseph's life because Joseph, he knew that he walked in God's favor. And so as he continued to walk in God's favor, he walked in authority, and he walked in influence. And so, you know, later on we see that Joseph becomes, you know, the right-hand man to Pharaoh. And so who would have thought that from a place of, you know, he was thrown into jail, he was a slave before that, and then he became the right-hand man of Pharaoh, you know, he could have at any time decided to throw away that favor. He could have decided to just walk away from that identity of being a favored one. And he could have bought in to any of the lies. He could have gone ahead and just said, you know, when I lived with my father, yeah, I had favor. But now, I don't have favor anymore. He could have just allowed those lies to just consume him and let that be his reality. But instead, he chose to remain steadfast in the truth. He chose to remain walking constantly in the favor of God. And so then we see that, you know, his sense of favor was never diminished by any circumstance that he was put through, by any test, by any trial. He still remained continually walking in God's favor. Um, Psalm 5, verse 12 says, For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. So if God's favor is a shield, then we're covered by it and we're protected by it. You know, any way we try to run, we can't escape the favor of God because it's a shield surrounding us. And so we could try to go one direction and, or even just, you know, stop and do nothing. But still, his favor, it completely surrounds us. It completely shields us. And, and not, only, not only does it protect us from leaving a place of favor, but it also protects us from anything else trying to come in and invade that favor. You know, and so just, just as Joseph walked in favor, you know, he also walked in that shield of favor. And we're to do the same, to walk in that favor. That's a shield that completely surrounds and protects us. Um, 
And so, you know, just wanted to elaborate a little bit um, more on just the different the different things that that could could happen when we when we start to buy into the lies that we're not we're not favored. Um, you know, just as Pastor Lissette was was um, praying earlier in this service too, that you know, there's a lot of members here that feel like they're disconnected from the body, right? And that maybe they even feel like they're disconnected from God. And I really believe that it's because they've walked away from their sense of favor. They've walked away from the belief of, you know, thinking that they're a favored one. And so, you know, to, to us, like to our human minds, like it's, it's difficult to comprehend that we're each God's favorite one. Because, you know, when we think, when we think of like, you know, having a favorite one, like, you know, you say you have a best friend, for example, and you think, oh, I can only have one best friend, right? Or, like, someone has um, a favorite, like, a favorite, like, child, right? Sometimes parents have favorite children. Maybe it's the oldest one or maybe it's the youngest one. And you think, oh, it only has to be one, right? But for the mothers in the room, you all know that you love your children equally, right? And so... <laughs> And so um, it may be hard for us to grasp that we're all God's favorite, but we really are. Like God places us in that place where, you know, there's, he sees us equally, but he sees us as if like we're the only one and he values us so much. And so if we begin to walk, walk away from that, we begin to, to rationalize it and think, well, God, you, you can't possibly love me as much as that person who's super anointed and they pray and people get slain in the spirit or, those, or that person who is just so successful. Like, you know, have you, just be honest, everybody. Like, I'm sure we've all done it. Like, we've all probably thought to ourselves, like, when somebody... Somebody comes up and shares a testimony maybe of how God provided or something amazing that God did. And, you know, as much as we're happy for our brother or for our sister, like in the back of our mind, we think, yeah, exactly. What about me, God? Like, did you forget about me? I've been praying for that too. How come you gave it to that person and you didn't give it to me? But, you know, there there will come a time when we're the one who gets to stand up and testify too because that same favor that's on that person that got to share in their testimony is the same favor that you're covered with as well. And so, you know, the enemy is going to try to just lie to us with feeling insecure and feeling insignificant, um, attacking that authority that place of authority and that place of influence. Because if those two things are attacked, then, you know, we, we're, we're diminished in, in our kingdom place. If the enemy can continue to lie to us, then we, we will no longer stand in our kingdom place. And when we're, stand, we're not standing in our kingdom place, how then can we tell of the goodness of God? How then can we tell, oh, God so favors me that he did this in my life? And so I just want to challenge you all today with being established in the favor of God. 
just as Joseph was, just as Mary and Esther and Noah were. You know, they, they all came to a place where they faced a testing and they could have allowed those things to take them from their place of favor, but they never did. They were never diminished from that place of favor. And so just as Pastor Benjamin, you know, preached a couple Sundays ago about standing the test, let's, let's stand that test and let's not walk away from that place of favor. Because just as it says here in um, verse, verse 5 in Psalm 30, that his favor lasts a lifetime. It lasts a lifetime. So how then can we say that it's there momentarily, that it's there in only certain situations? How can we say that when the word of God clearly says that his favor lasts a lifetime? And um, right now I just want to invite Aja and Francis up. Um, they're going to share a song with us. It's by Misty Edwards. It's called Favorite One. And I just want every single one of you to just begin to meditate on the words of this song and meditate on the fact that you are God's favorite one. Don't think about anybody else in the room. Don't think about anybody else you know. Or don't think about anything that you're lacking at this time, something that you've been praying for that God hasn't answered. Don't think about that. But just fully embrace that you're God's favorite one. Fully embrace that truth. Fully embrace that his favor is a shield around you. Fully embrace that his favor truly does last a lifetime. And that in whatever you do, wherever you go, his favor is upon you.
know, tonight, God, he just wants to just break through whatever is holding us back from his presence. Whatever is holding us back from that true embrace of the Father. Because you see, the Father, he's, he's waiting. He's right there. He is right there, right in front of you. Longing for you just to ask him for more of his heart for more of his heart. And he, he so desires to pour it out to you. And you know, I just feel like there's, there's some here who are, just, who are just putting up that barrier of resistance. And so I just, I just want us to just truly just break that off today and just really be established in that favor that we're no longer going to allow these different walls that we've built up, these different lies um, that we've just carried throughout the years and that tonight as we just walk away from here we'll truly be established in that love of God in that favor of God because you see God would not have sent his one and only son to die for us if we weren't his favorite one why would he have done that for someone who was less than a favorite one and so the moment that Christ gave up his life for us, not only were we washed of our sins, but we entered in to divine favor and divine love. So tonight, God, God, we just break off everything that hinders us from your presence, God. Everything that hinders us from your love, God. God, we don't want to run anymore, God. We don't want to run away from you wooing us anymore, God. But we want to run into you, God. We want to run into your heart, God. We want to run into you, God. And God, God, we never want to leave your presence, Lord, God. God, we never want to leave that place of intimacy with you, God. God, we thank you that you have invited us into the holy of holies, God. God, that you tore the veil for us, God, so that we could enter into that intimate place, God. And so, God, as you're beckoning us to come closer, God, would we hear the call and would we answer that call to draw closer to you, God? God, would you just remove every hindrance, God, and let us just walk, God. Walk, God, into your presence. Walk, God, into your open arms, God, and let you love us fully, God. God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, that your love is more than enough, God. God, that throughout anything that happens in our lives, Lord God, throughout any different burdens and stress of the week, Lord God, we remove it, God. And God, we just stand in your love. God, we stand in your love. We stand in that place of favor, God. And we look into your eyes and we feel your delight, God. God, we thank you that you delight in us, God. God, we thank you that you find pleasure in us, God. God, we thank you that you've made us, God, to be loved by you. God, we thank you, Lord, that you've made us so that we, that you can delight in us, Lord God. And God, may we experience, Lord, the joy that comes from true fellowship with you, God from true intimacy with you, God. Tonight, let us enter into that, God, in a deeper way, God. Reveal more of your heart to us, God. Reveal more of your heart to us, Lord.
Father, we thank you. We thank you for your favor that is upon our lives, God. We thank you that you've given us that favor as a shield to surround us, God. And God, we thank you that your favor never leaves us, Lord, that it lasts a lifetime, God. And God, we thank you that you've set us in a secure place, God. God, we thank you that you've set us in a place where we can never be shaken. That you, God, are the one who has made our mountains stand firm, God. And so today we stand, Lord, and we walk and we abide in your favor. And we walk and we abide in your precious love, God. God, we thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen.